Thunder Media. Today we conclude our chat with Andrew Dickerson. It's been a fascinating time to hear what life for an Australian engineer in America has been like. When segment racing came in, I just oh, went... Stage racing. Stager, sorry. Yeah. So, I've just gone... They just don't want it going green for so long and they're just getting strung out. But whether it's the aero package or the motor package or the tyre package that's making them not be able to get close enough and overtake, I don't know, that's not my problem. That's NASCAR's problem to figure that out. Um, over here, you got a lot of... I don't know exactly how good how the racing this year compares to last year. Like, intimately, like, is this car a better race car than last year's car um, to, to watch on TV? But I do think you got some really good drivers at the top, some really good engineers here, and I think that's what we're going to try and learn from. And getting Brody to come over and help Kyle, like Kyle is not someone you can get his attention very easily, right? Because he's won two championships and he's he's a badass. He's arguably the best stock car driver of our generation when you look at what he's done in the last 20 years. Like, it's it's amazing. He's won in everything. So, but if I can get Brody to come in and jump in the same car like we're going to race next weekend and be a second and second and a half faster than Kyle, all of a sudden I've got his attention. Now he's working to get better, which is exactly what we need, and that's how we take to the racetrack next year when we go to whichever road course we're going to. Is Kyle the uh, Jeff Gordon of this era sort of thing? Pro yeah, you could say that. That's a good question. That's a good question for Richard. Because Jeff Gordon was a little bit before, when I came over here, Jeff Gordon was at the tail end. But when I first started, like Kyle Busch has been winning races since probably 2005, I think, and just been fast. Like he's, but he's a, he's a character. How about that? If you do some research, he's a character. You're deeply inserted in NASCAR. Did you ever have a look at IndyCar at all? Did you ever have consideration? No, uh, IndyCar is not nearly as strong a category as people think. Like it's yeah. the money, the commercial dollars. Like they have the Indy 500, but apart from that, it's not. I don't believe a strong category, in my opinion. Um, you don't have, the t like I just said before, the engineering tools and the budgets. That's not there in IndyCar racing to the same level it is in NASCAR. There are people who work in it, though, who actually think it's, um, if you haven't driven an IndyCar, well, you might as well not even go yeah, and do it. think it's American Formula One, but yeah, it's not. Exactly. It's, it's a, if I wanted to do it, those kind of cars, I would have gone to Europe. So it was, there was a crossroads moment one day, I'm sure, where I decided, which is, I was at Las Vegas last week for the Grand Prix, and it was... I was telling, I know a guy that works at Ferrari and I was just telling him it's, I watch these Formula One races through the eyes of like a 10 year old kid because I'm not jaded by the politics and the crap that you are when you work in it. I really enjoy that part of it, you know? So, Las Vegas to Adelaide. Yes. How, uh, Austin, how, Texas next week. Yeah. How is, like, how is the vibe? The vibe is very similar. Uh, the vibe in Vegas was awesome. Uh, people wearing race gear the whole, the whole day, like the strip. It was a weird deal. Like they would let open up the racetrack all day and cars would be driving on it all day and people walk around and then block it off at about six o'clock and go do practice or whatever. It was very strange. There's some strange things that happened in Vegas, but overall I thought the vibe was really good. I thought, and the racing was fantastic. Yeah, and that's the thing. The racing at the front was actually, there was passes. I think it was much luck as anything. <laughs> they just, it just worked on that particular layout. I thought it was fantastic. So what's your next event, com competition-wise? Well, we're doing that race next weekend with Brody, Kyle, and Austin Dillon um, at Circuit of the Americas. So it's two, it's two eight-hour races, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. What car is? Uh, it's amateur racing, and we've basically built a hybrid um, 
Xfinity car slash late model. It's not really, it's its own thing. We built this car for it. So it's basically just to get laps at a track that we race at. You're not allowed to test, and this is a good way to, yeah. to do that. We've, I've, done it, I've done it with Tyler and Austin for the last three or four years. So Kyle did it last year. So it's, it seems to be working. So we're going to keep doing it. And it's a lot of fun. And so it's a four link standard nine inch diff or it's independent rear end or what it's, is it's a it's a, well, we run, it's a truck arm rear end so just like we run an xfinity car okay. um with uh with a locker in the back just it's very simple could you give me that um the le mans car the nascar um garage what it, yeah give us your idea on that please my idea on it what you, what you thought of it um i thought the car was pretty cool i didn't really like the fact that nascar gave Hendrick a lot of money to develop a car that was really similar to what we were racing and it kind of pissed me off is what I thought about it, my personal opinion so um, we've actually got one of Terry's old supercars at, in RCR that we use to go do testing in a similar idea of going and doing testing in something that's very close power to weight um, but it, no, the, the car itself was awesome I just didn't like the fact that I felt like it was kind of cheating <laughs> they're, they're out there testing on something that's really similar to what we're, what we're racing. So they're definitely learning something. Um, so it's uh, frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> Would you have any aspiration to go and do something like that, though? In, in the right time and place, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of which, is um, there are a number of blokes who uh, are in your paddock. Um, James Small, the most noticeable. Uh, won championship and, you know... He was a hell of a driver here in Formula Ford. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most notably, he and his father would be yelling and screaming yeah, at each other. I know, I knew Les before. I, when I worked with Terry, Les worked with Terry, yeah, so exactly. I knew Les, yeah. He was a character. Yeah. But me and James get along good. Yeah, I like I like racing against James. I, I like beating James, too, every week. Like I feel like uh, Martin Truex and Kyle kind of find themselves racing each other more often than not, and they'd race each other fairly, and it's, I enjoy racing against them. How is the expat community over there? Because you have grown it's from when you got over there. We, there was might have been only four or five Australians. Yeah. It has grown quite it a bit. Grown. There's probably 15, 20 now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't go looking to go, you know, befriend these people. But if they fall into my circle, then cool. Yeah, like, I think it's great. I think it's good for the sport. I think there's some good engineers down here that are, that are coming over there. We've actually got one coming to start at RCR next year, a young kid who just graduated. So... It, it's like 15 years ago when I started, like the NASCAR world wasn't looking outside of the United States. The co I heard the comment, like, why would we go hire someone from our States? Like, we've, we've got it figured out here. And it was hard to break in. It was hard. It was really, luckily, I did it just before the, the financial collapse at the end of 2008 when they were shutting down teams and laying everyone off because then it would have been probably impossible. So sometimes you get lucky. My thanks to Andrew Dickerson joining us there when we were at the Adelaide 500. I'm joined by a man who has made his mark in this sport and this particular branch of motorsport, Barton Moore. Congratulations on another win in the World Time Attack. Thanks, Tony. It uh, sounds good when you say it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it's, it's even more impressive when you do it, mate, because um, that's four in a row, I understand. Yeah, that's right. Uh, four consecutive titles. So a couple years were not done through the uh, COVID um, period, and um, technically, class is a, a world title, which uh, certainly bumps up the resume. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've got a terrific resume already. So we might talk about that in a few minutes. But let's get back to World Time Attack. It's a unique 
branch of the sport in which the aim is to set as fast a time possible around, in this case, Sydney Motorsport Park or Eastern Creek as it was known. And you've been doing it consistently and you're now down into the 17s, is it? Yeah, we've really hit some big markers. You're right. And just to put a bit of an idea of the concept for the viewers and listeners who are more circuit racing orientated, it's like multiple qualifying sessions. So it's um, a, uh, a super sprint on steroids, your single fastest lap over the event stands. Um, and that is where the, the, the place getters are stood up. And I must admit, as a, a very uh, purist circuit racer, that the whole time attack scene was a bit of a mystery. And it wasn't until I really got involved in it, uh, actually competed many years ago in a little Lotus Exige GT3 car, that I got a taste of time attack. And then when I drove this uh, a crazy Porsche RP968, as it's known as, um, then we sort of got to a competitive point of winning four events, but very different. And in fact, this uh, last event this year uh, had none other than Colin Bond come out to tour through the garage and talk to me and and himself just get an idea of what all this fuss is about because it's it's a strange mix uh, of, of sort of that sort of fast and furious crowd to the obviously a, a circuit racing. And then it's almost uh, got the explosiveness of drag racing. So it's a, it's a very uh, unusual mix. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.